What's up, people? GNR TV, streaming done right. It has all the channels that you would want. You know, the regular channels, channels from out of state, pay-per-views, sports, the movie channels, porn. It has over 2,000 channels in general. Over 2,000 channels. $20 a month for two devices now. Not one, but two devices for 20 bucks, and you get all that amazing stuff. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, there's no sports right now. There's not really many pay-per-views. Well, guess what? There is sports because UFC is back. And there's pay-per-views because guess what? UFC is back, and the rest of the sports will be back eventually, and it's worth it. This app is freaking amazing. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I've had it for a little over a year now. I'm never going to get rid of it, and I love it. I love it so much. GNR TV, streaming done right. If you don't have it, you need to get it. And enjoy the rest of the show. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Horror Research Dirty. Today is my I have my guest Kelsey. Kelsey, how's it going? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And these both these posters behind me are, are awesome. We discussed one. We said we discussed this one a little bit, and you were just telling me how you'd rather do horror movies than any other genre because it's more fun. Can you like get more into that? Yeah. Um, the picture on the right is actually an outtake, um, and it was uh, we were talking about the set, the way it was built. Um, the set is my the director said we need a contortionist and fortunately like i am a hyper flexible person and i was able to bend backwards um to do that and then the legs that you see in the movie are actually mannequins uh, because of some restrictions on what they could and couldn't um, show where they were filming um but i did that insert because i had I booked a gig in Nashville, um, and I've been a lingerie model for a very long time. I do other work types of work, but that's kind of what I'm known for. Um, and I, and I, even after all this time, I still get nervous. And I thought, you know, I get paid a lot of money <laughs> when I work in in Nashville. Um, if I'm going to blow it, because I don't know if I can be in my underwear in front of you know. 35 cast members and how many set people and it just like because I've never done that mm -hmm. so I happened to see um, on a Facebook group they had posted something needing a, a model type person to do an insert and I, I said to myself okay well there there we go um, if I if I can do it here in Kansas City then I can do it in Nashville and um, like for that movie when I when I film, it'll be in Key West, and, in, and I think I'm booked at $3,500 a day, which is pretty good money, I would say. I keep asking myself why I went to law school, <laughs> um, but I, I don't make 
anything uh, when I do horror. Uh, so I think there may be some residuals down the line. Um, and that may be different. Like as I, there's a film that's coming, Cruel Midnight, that I'm the lead in, and we'll see what happens with that. But I, I feel like the, the horror community is so much more accepting. Um, like the major motion picture industry is very um, hard on women and um, perfection. Mm. Um, I think I was the only person on that set who hadn't had um, breast augmentation. Uh, it, there may have been one other person, but I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, there was one other person, but she was um, her kid. She, she was uh, much older. She was uh, the brothels, <laughs> like madam. So she wasn't expected to be scantily clad. Mm. Um, and it, it was really, it was it to me. It was very intimidating because I mean these these women were all just, you know, almost. Well, they were, they're the women that you see in magazines and, you know, it, it you don't realize, like, I, I'm still, fr I made some very good friends in Nashville and um, one, la one lady said to me, you know, it, when I saw your face, I was like, oh, oh, great, I don't want to stand next to her <laughs> because, because I'm sort of known for my, um, I still model a lot because of my face and, um, she she said there we a bunch of us knew each other from Nashville because they used like a Nashville burlesque club to uh, recruit several people and um, nobody wanted to stand next to me and I thought it was <laughs> maybe because they didn't like me but it was because they were intimidated by my face and I was intimidated by how perfect their bodies were and then you know at the end of the day it turns out that you know. It's really just the atmosphere of knowing that it, on the big screen, people are going to pick you apart. Um, and, it, you know, I, not everybody does that. I think a lot of people go to the movies just to enjoy the movies. But the horror community is just super, super accepting and, super, and, and they're just very positive. They're very much ahead of the times. Um, as far as accepting different standards of beauty. Um, I think now that's a very mainstream movement. Like, to, like I overheard in CVS the other day or Walgreens, you know, something about we have decided to not Photoshop our models, blah, 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 uh, natural beauty. So it's obviously become something that is very mainstream, but when I started working as a model in the nineties, you didn't have digital film. So you could delete your oopses. Um, you were burning film if you were screwing up and, uh, it, you really did have to be almost perfect mm. because almost no one was using Photoshop at that time. And, um, there was a lot of pressure. I mean, not for me so much. I was, I remember I did a runway show when I was, uh, I think, 19 or 20 and um i i'm i'm actually only five three but i was the only one small enough to be able to wear at least three of the outfits because you had to have um, an 18 inch waist or smaller 
So I've always been really tiny, but I'm, I'm, I'm not tall. So, you know, I don't look super skinny and I'm a mother now, so I'm not anywhere close to that tiny. If I was, that would, that would be weird. <laughs> like, I don't think you're done growing at 19, but, um, I don't think it bothered me as much as it bothered a lot of people because petite models are not standard sizes anyway. Um, but the horror community is just, I mean, they love the women that are on screen. Um, they're not looking for the girls to be um, a size zero with um, breast implants and Botox. They're just looking for someone who is clearly um, into their performance and, and having a good, like, doing their best to, you know, scream and bleed and I think the last uh, short I did I vomited green slime <laughs> on myself and my victim <laughs> so which was actually a powdered sugar with a green food coloring and I had a camera over my shoulder so that was the angle and they would kind of spoon it into my mouth and I'd have to hold as much as it, of it as I could and then action and I just <laughs> And this powdered sugar mix with green food coloring be all down my chest. And, and it was, I don't think I'll ever be able to eat powder, powdered sugar again because it was back to one, back to one. <laughs> and, oh my God, never again. <laughs> so, but it, but it's fun, you know, and it's, I never go to a horror set thinking, you know, I should have been starving myself for the past week or, or what are the other actresses going to think of me? Or is somebody not going to want to shoot with me? Because um, I have a disability and I frequently have to take uh, prednisone, which is a steroid. And um, anybody who's had to take prednisone knows that if you're on it for a week, you're going to gain 10 pounds. Um, it, is, it, it is a very difficult thing to have to take as someone who is in the entertainment industry. And... Um, I never worry, like, if I had to take prednisone the week before and maybe I'm a little heavier than I normally am, I never worry about somebody saying, oh, well, what happened to Kelsey? She doesn't look good. That, that's just not the reaction that you get from horror fans. It's, it's more, well, there's Kelsey, yay, <laughs> like, no matter what I look like, which is really nice. Um, I, I wish that the rest of the entertainment industry was like that because I think I, I know so many people who can't look in the mirror because their nose gets photoshopped every time they shoot or um, part of their body is changed that they don't like and it's written into their contracts. So the person that they see in the mirror is not the person that you see in pictures mm. and they don't ever see themselves as just natural and um, it, be, it becomes very difficult for them to like what they see in the mirror. And um, I kind of have the opposite written into, um, if I have a contract that has clauses about what they can and cannot fix, um, I, I want to look like myself. Um, I, and I, I don't want young girls out there thinking that... Um, I don't have pores, <laughs> you know, like that, that's just ridiculous. There's, there's no, 
my face is almost perfectly symmetrical. There is absolutely no reason to alter me to such a point that I'm unrecognizable. And it is beyond what any person could achieve as far as like symmetry. And I, I just think that's so unhealthy for, um, I mean, I remember what it was like to be 16 and reading, you know, 17 or whatever magazine and, and thinking, you know, well, I, I kind of look like that because I was so skinny, but I'm really short, <laughs> you know, or, or what about like this, you know, I've got kind of a bony nose or, you know, it's just, I, I really, I really do wish that the horror, the way that horror fans are about um, actors and actresses, I, so wish that that was the attitude um, across the entire industry because I just think it's so positive and I think it would be really great for just, you know, normal people to see that, you know, beauty is everywhere. It, it, it isn't computer generated. It is, it's more about what's on the inside. And I think that that's something that the horror community has been way ahead of the curve on. I agree with you on that. I mean, as far as the way horror is with the community, like with podcasting and then with just people I've talked to, other horror, po okay, so I'll say podcasting. I'm cool with a lot of other podcasters and it's not about like, like I'm at the point now that I get guests on my show and we'll, we'll switch, like I'll email them. I'll email the other people or, you know, send them a message like, hey, I just had this person on my show if you want them on your show. I can give you their email and you can reach out or whatever the case may be. So it's not like, um, it's not a competition. It's more about helping each other. Right. It's, it's a very much the more the merrier. Yeah. And that's something that I like. I mean, uh, the horror director that I have worked with is Todd Sheets and he's sort of legendary in, uh, in that, um, genre, the gore genre, mm -hmm. which I, I didn't know because, um, I didn't watch movies like that before. And, um, I have contacts with the independent film channel KC um, division here, and they had sort of treated a lot of uh, Todd's work like it was uh, lesser. And there had been some um, some acts of maybe um, sabotage, and and so when I found out about that, I I went to. Uh, one of the founding members who I have a very good relationship with. Um, I used to own and curate an art gallery in the crossroads in Kansas city. And I'd shown his work and I said, look, you know, I don't care if you don't like him, you're going to support me um, because I've been supportive of you. Mm -hmm. And um, this is what's been happening to this director. And honestly, he's, probably the most successful like as far as um his films being seen by the most people he is one of if not the most successful person and you guys kind of treat him as an outcast and here's the thing um i know all of you people because i i'm just i just know everybody i'm just very friendly i grew up in a small town in minnesota and i'm like blah blah, blah. <laughs> i just couldn't you know everybody's a friend until they prove otherwise is, is kind of the way i treat people um and i and i said i i'm disappointed in you guys for acting like this it, it makes me sad 
because I'm very much the more the merrier kind of person. And um, I went to um, a guy who teaches uh, film and kind of things at um, a commu local community college who had had me on his um, show called Cracked Eggs as um, just a, a local person who's of interest to a lot of people and interviewed me about my life and, and some thing, projects that I had going. And he had me on there twice. And I, I got a hold of him and I said, look, you know, um, my horror director, his generator got returned to him blown. Like it won't work. He, his lights are all messed up. Um, is there anything you can do? And turned out um, the department was just getting rid of some stuff. So he actually gifted um, a lot of equipment or just priced it at, you know, almost nothing. So Extreme Entertainment could replace equipment that had been damaged or just not returned. And um, Todd was like, who are you? And I would say, well, um, there's a reason my nickname is the Very Godmother. <laughs> so, um, and, and it really is. I'm... I'm known to a lot of people as the fairy godmother. And it's not because I I bully anybody into anything. It's just because, you know, um, if you need something done and you're in a tight spot, I'm a good person to call and, and I will do everything in my power to help you. And it, it kind of puts me in the position of being able to help other people. I like to use those favors, not for myself, but for other people who need them. So it's, it's been a nice experience to be able to, you know, um, help Extreme Entertainment be, if not more accepted and supported, at least um, not uh, negatively spoken about, um, at least on my watch. <laughs> because, because if I find out <laughs> there's any more of this BS going on, then I'm going to go to you know, one of the founders of IFCKC and you're going to be blackballed. And it, it's not because I'm a mean person, but there is absolutely no reason that we all can't get along. And if one person is successful in a town like Kansas City, then that just looks better for the rest of us. Kansas City is a great town to film in. They have tax incentives. Um, your insurance is lower. Um, there's a ton of places to film. I mean, if you posted on Facebook that you wanted extras, like you would be staffed immediately. It's, and we are getting more and more people filming here, but you know, in order for that to be successful, my point was, you know, you, you don't get to judge somebody because you don't like the type of work that they do. We all have to be supportive of each other here. And I, and I have had some success in, you know, um, you, you may not like blood and gore, but you like me. And, and I have done some favors for people. And, um, you know, I consider you guys my friends. And I, I, want, I need your support. And that's been a, a very good way to, um, you know, make that possible. So, uh, I don't... You know, it's, it's weird. I think you either like horror and you love it, and or you don't. <laughs> and it's <laughs> and I'm like I don't actually. I'll tell you a secret. I don't like to be scared. Like I, I really hate. Um, like I won't go through the haunted houses in Kansas City because I don't like it when things jump out at me. <laughs> um, and 
actually when I did the that outtake uh, the picture you have on the right I was so glad I had spoken to the actor that was in the demon makeup before because when he came out in full makeup I was like oh no uh-uh no because <laughs> there were a whole lot of teeth <laughs> and claws and very scary and he was going to be close to my belly and I was like if if I hadn't known who was in that makeup I don't think I could have done it because it was so scary <laughs> yeah but the, like you were saying the horror is a really really like welcoming community as far as like mm -hmm. the podcasters with the indie horror scene with people that are from the directors to the actors actresses the camera people, mm -hmm. you know the people who do the lights and then when you go to the horror conventions as well, like the other fans are very nice, very welcoming. The celebrities there are very nice, very welcoming. The staff there, it's like, when you walk in. I have been very surprised by, um, I mean, there is a script out there that's in production that I'm the lead role in, but just the little bit of work I've done in the horror community, that's been enough for people to know who I am, to seek me out, to send me messages and, and say, you know, I love that, you know, 30 seconds I saw you on film or, or good job. Um, and that, that's, you know, for somebody who's been modeling for more than 20 years, the difference is, is I mean, I, I've been very lucky as a model. I don't get a lot of people who troll me or say bad things about me. Um, there, there's really not much bad that you can say about me. Like I'm such a nice person that just nobody believes anything nasty about me. Um, but there is a lot of that, you know, I, I see a lot of girls that just get who, you know, I know them and they're, they're 19 years old. It doesn't get much more perfect and they just get torn apart by trolls. It's awful. I don't, I don't understand like, okay, if you don't like the way that person looks, then, then don't look. You don't have to be mean about it, right? Well, the horror community, I don't think I've ever seen anybody just... I mean, of course, you get your Rotten Tomatoes ratings and whatnot. And maybe somebody is being... But it's never directed, like, at an actress. Like, yeah, um, so it's never, like, oh, so-and-so is um, not thin enough. Or so-and-so you know, is too old or it, you never see anything like that. And I, I just love that. I, I, I wish more young girls were seeing like how many people out there can just really love what you do and who you are. Yeah. No, you got a point. Like I, that's horror is just one of those things where it's like, it seems funny and it seems strange on the outside looking in because it's like, you have, like I've met some of the most friendly people in the world in the horror community that are just horror fans of the movies. And we watch some of the craziest, bloody, bloodiest, violent things, but it's like, we're, we're very nice. We're very nice. Yeah. You're very nice people and just very supportive. Um, if, if you've got something going on in your life and, and you put it on social media, your horror fans are going to be the first people that, you know, we're here. Is there anything we can do? You know, whereas mainstream, it's crickets <laughs> or, um, or somebody may send you that lovely random dick pic, you know, does that make you feel better? No. And you never get stuff like, or I don't ever have anything like that from the horror community. It's always, 
very respectful, very supportive, um, just very generous hearted messages of support. So that's kind of wonderful, I think. Yeah, horror is, horror is freaking awesome. Besides it being my favorite genre, like movie-wise, I my favorite is the bloody, gory slasher stuff, of course. Right, the Grindhouse, yeah. And, but, I mean, it's it's fun to do. Like, after you get used to it, the fake blood, like that The um, picture on the right, um, my I, was, I jokingly called it the Tinder date gone awry <laughs> because I was being eaten – by a demon, but uh, a mannequin's legs were wrapped around his shoulder. So, you know, the implication was, of course, mm-hmm. uh, kind of pretty sexual. But, <laughs> um, you know, like the what was supposed to be my intestines were sliding over me and the blood. And, the, and you know, and it was just, I thought I'd be like kind of grossed out. And, I, you know, it just, I wasn't at all. I, it was fun. It was once I got remembered that the guy makeup Alex like was a really nice guy and he really all those teeth were not going to be sunk into me <laughs> <laughs> because I mean the other thing about um, horror effects I mean the makeup and the, what they do with on a shoestring budget is just absolutely incredible and um, it really is. That. And one thing I love about that's one thing I love about the indie community. I like I know it's done on a shoestring budget, but like they have to do more than say a big production movie because you have to tell more of a story or just have something that really stands out more than like a Hollywood budget because you only have this small budget. And, and man, they make it work. I mean, I oh, just definitely. did uh, high death. Um, I I played a demonic uh, hooker, which you know. And that was fun. <laughs> and I, I had actually, my victim, um, I did, I was a guest for um, the show Drive-In Movie Maniacs, mm-hmm. Terrible Tim Sweeten, um, his paramour. And I was wearing a snowflake cor- uh, corset with thigh-high boots and a bullwhip and a Santa hat. <laughs> and they actually got picked up for national syndication, so... You can see me like Merry Christmas. There I am being a dominatrix, <laughs> but um, they do be kind of the B Hollywood movies from the eighties, sort of like a mystery science theater, um, and that's filmed here in Kansas City. And they knew I had no idea who they were. They contacted me and asked me to be a guest, and um, it it was great. Again, you know, similar, just they. Dreaming Purple Neon hadn't even come out yet, but they saw like some stills and they had heard that, you know, I wasn't a diva to work with because, you know, there, a lot of uh, women who look like me and our are models can be kind of snotty and, and kind of, you know, um, demanding. Whereas I'm, I'm like, I cut my teeth in an era where the model wasn't the star she was the low man on the totem pole <laughs> and you know you could get fired like immediately it wasn't all about you know the model it was about the photographer and the job so i'm i'm very accommodating um i i work very hard to give if you, if i'm doing a guest spot if i'm starring in something if i'm doing an advertisement for somebody who makes corsets whatever it is i give it 100% and I mean, 
even just doing drive-in movie maniacs, I met uh, some people that are in the professional wrestling Mm -hmm. arena and they have some, uh, some movie contacts with like, I don't know if you remember like the toxic Avenger films. Yep. Um, so those people who I met through drive-in movie maniacs, um, I have actually appeared as a valet, um, for some professional wrestling, uh, wrestling things. And, They've, I've been in talks with them to uh, do like a small guest spot in one of the next, because they're still making movies, um, make an appearance as myself um, in another in one of their films uh, for that company. So it's it's not only very accepting with the fans, but it's just you know if if you're not if you're an, a beautiful woman who's not a jerk face, <laughs> people want to work with you, and they're they're very excited to meet you and they're, they're, I mean, they treated me at drive-in movie maniacs. Like I was a big deal. And, and I was, um, and I was like, wow, this is, uh, don't treat me like this because I, it makes me nervous. <laughs> First of all, like I, I'm, I'm not, even if I was a big deal, um, I would never request anything special. I, I just want to hang out and make friends and experience things. Um, but, you know, it it was very flattering to be like, you know, we're we're huge fans, and um, we don't have a budget, but would you be willing to um, get, be one of our guest stars? It would it would be a big deal for us because we're trying to get on national syndication, and 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 your face is something, some one of them that's known outside of Kansas City to some degree, and I was like, it is. I mean, I know that it is, but. It's a, it's weird to hear someone say that because I I just don't think of myself that way, um, and I well of course you know anything I can do to you know um, make a fellow entertainment person stand out and um, especially if you guys are fans and you like what I'm doing then absolutely I'd I'd love to help out and and it and it that again that stems from working with Todd Sheets and Extreme Entertainment. I, they just heard I was good to work with and, and it transferred into something else for me. So that, um, that's been really nice. That's awesome. So, yeah. Now, as far as like what you've done so far in horror, do you have a favorite role you've done or do you like them all about the same? Um, you know, so far I think I like them. I actually dreaming purple neon. The the um, insert that I did was so it's like I don't know, like fifteen seconds, twenty seconds that you see me on film. I didn't have any uh, idea what I was supposed to be doing. Um, just show up and get eaten by a demon, like you know, go with it. Mm-hmm. So I went and got on YouTube and and looked at some old like Italian like silent horror films and. Um, watched how gracefully those ladies were, you know, molested by Nosferatu. <laughs> you know, it was very, very, oh, you know, swoon. <laughs> and so, so I thought, you know, I'm going to go with that, I, you know, just to be different. And if, if the director doesn't like it, I'm sure he'll tell me, <laughs> you know, because they generally do. And I just, um, you can kind of see by the way my arm is, I'm, I'm sort of very, you know, swooning and and i i kind of thought maybe i was doing something wrong because it was just dead quiet and he kept filming and filming and filming and 
when he finally said cut, he said that was amazing. That was that was just like um, one of those classic Italian horror movies, uh, Damsel in Distress. And I said, well, that's exactly what I was going for because I, I didn't want to walk on set like just completely unprepared because that's a good way for me to freeze and, you know, just lay there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never done that, but my theory is if I'm not prepared, like, that's probably what would happen. So, um, I was really, he, to hear him say, you know, I've had this script, Cruel Midnight, in my head for the last 20 years, and I finally met the actress to do it. He kicked that script out, script out in less than two months, and it's in uh, pre-production now. Um, he wanted me to appear in a few more things before we film it. Um, but I've got contacts at South by Southwest. Um, I have corporate backers who anything I do, they're going to back if I ask them to. <laughs> I'm like, Todd, you, you do realize that you met someone who can wave a magic wand and you will have probably a bigger budget than you've ever had just because... I asked for some support and, and you know, you may, I, I'm pretty sure I can get a, a slot at South by Southwest just because I know people. And he was like, who are you <laughs> once again? And I was like, well, I mean, you know, I just, people trust me to um, be supportive and do good work. And if I think it's crap, I'm not going to say, Hey, you know, can you help me out? I, I only, um, publicly support things and ask for and ask for other people to support them if I believe in them it's not you know if I think that they're doing somebody's not doing good work or they're sabotaging another company or something like that I absolutely will not come out in support of someone like that but you know I'm I just am somebody who knows a lot of different people and can can help people out making things happen. So is I'm excited to do Cruel Midnight because um, I'm actually disabled, which uh, people don't know when they look at me, but I spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, they told me I would not see my next birthday five years ago. Um, uh, I have a Juris Doctor from KU Law, and I used to work for one of the world's largest law firms. And... I worked a lot of really long hours, uh, and I I just couldn't anymore um, because my illness won't let me do it. Um, and I went back to modeling to keep myself from going crazy, <laughs> like stuck at home. Um, but that movie is even written around my disability. Like if I were was having a bad stretch where I was spending you know a week out of every three in the hospital, like I did for a two year stretch there. Um, the actress whose body I take over would have more, more film time. Where as if I'm doing well and, and my illness isn't kicking my ass, um, then I will come out of her body sooner. Um, so it is actually written in such a way that it accommodates my disability. And um, I have never heard of anything um, that is so um, ableist, I guess, is, is some, a word that is 
gaining traction as a, as a very big deal for people with disabilities. Um, I, I didn't know that there could be somebody who cared so much and wanted me to be in their film so bad while being okay that they would write a role that worked with my disability. That's and I think, I think only in the horror community would that happen. Yeah, horror is, like I said earlier, horror is something else. It's such an amazing, it's amazing thing to be a part of, just me as being a podcaster. It's awesome to be a part of, and it's awesome to just talk to other, other fans, because at the end of the day, I feel if you're in the movies or not, you're still a fan of the movies, you're, you're mm -hmm. a fan of the genre. And it's, it's just amazing how everything kind of just clicks together with horror. Like there's, there's plenty of movies out there that not everybody likes. There's some movies out there, you know, horror movies that some people might hate. But I like how as far as, like, the argument go, not necessarily an argument, I'll say, like, a debate about a certain movie that you may not like or someone else likes or loves. It's more of a debate instead of, like, an argument, instead of, like, oh, well, you're stupid for liking this movie. Now, you might ask, you might do it as a joke, especially amongst friends, of course. Right, you have horrible taste. <laughs> yeah, but something it like that. But it's, not, but it's not to the point of, like, bashing somebody's intelligence because they like a certain movie. Which is something that I think because of the divisiveness in the current political climate, that has transferred across the board to almost everything. Civil discourse is almost non-existent in every arena. Like, if you don't agree with me politically, religiously, um, what I like movie-wise, you know, block. I mean, there is no, like, hey, you know, what do you like about that movie? Or, um, you know, I don't, I don't like what you have to say about this politician, but you're still my friend. And I, it's, you know, oh, you're a Trump supporter. You're, you're a horrible person. Or, or you're a liberal, so you're, a, you're an idiot. You know, I mean, yeah. horror is still, at least there's still a safe zone there where people still can talk to each other respectfully. And I, I really hope that um, Americans especially remember that we, we're all on the same team at some point soon. Um, because at least in the horror community, there is still that, you know, we are all on the same team um, for the most part. And I, I just really hope that someday, um, someday soon, other people remember that we're all on the same team because I, right now they don't. <laughs> and, and I that um that's really sad to me because you know as a as a group of people americans we have the resources and, and the you know and numbers to do great things on whatever we decide to do mm -hmm. but divide and conquer and it's really easy to make us all sheep <laughs> and do what we whatever you want to us um, so it gives me hope that there, there are still little like, um, pockets of people yeah. that remember we may not agree, but you know, we're, we are all on the same team and that, you know, we do still like the same movies and, and we can still watch a movie together on Friday night. Just maybe not that one that you don't like or <laughs> that I don't like, you know, it's, and that gives me hope too. I, I really, there are so many things about the horror community that I just think, gosh, I really wish other people would act like this. 
because <laughs> I think, you know, the world would be a nicer place and, and you know, not so scary and sad, but um, I'm really grateful to have been included in such a, a, a big family worldwide. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's crazy how it is, like, because, again, with me, and I'll say this real quick because I got to kind of wrap this one up. I got another show to prepare for, like, right after this. But uh, with me, like, I started this show now two and a half years ago, and it started out with just me, friends, and family just sitting down how we are now. And like, we were just, like, reviewing horror movies, discussing horror movies. And I went from that to I would <clears throat> be in other horror groups, like other horror groups on Facebook, and just kind of reach out to people just to come on and review movies. And I went from that to actually getting actors and actresses and directors on for interviews and i think it's just cool and now, now i'm even at the point where i have people like actors actresses and directors and and other horror fans as well but mainly actors actresses and directors which it will send me an email over because of they heard of they either heard of my show or heard my show or heard like what i do for indie horror which mm -hmm. I, I promote indie horror as much as i can i'll have the people come on here let them promote their their movies and now that I have a green screen, I do stuff like this in the background, <laughs> throwing their stuff off. But and like I do it all just because I have a pa I have such a passion for horror. Like I I love it so much. I enjoy mm -hmm. it. I've been watching it since I was about I want to say about five between five and seven years old. I've been watching it, and I just grew to love it more and more. My wife and I will go to horror conventions together. My brother will go with us at times. And that's it. So that's awesome and it's i think that i absolutely believe it like if it was any other genre i'd say you know um how in the world did you manage to get an actor to come on your show you know or, or anything like that but in the horror community again i just wish the rest of the world would wow. act like this <laughs> i really do <laughs> i mean with everything, you do have your few bad apples, which is, I mean, that's just Of the course, of course. There's always going to be somebody who's got to, you know, make, uh, be the contrary voice, you yeah. know. But, the, you know, I, I almost feel bad for those that person because I, I think, you know, wow, like that person has to be so unhappy in their own life that the only way, outlet that they have is to tear people apart who can't retaliate against them or shut them down because they hide in behind the internet. And, you know, I mean, of course people like beauty, owning an art gallery, being a model, being in film. I mean, everybody has a different perception. Um, I, I was very good at selling art because I could tell like when somebody was looking at a piece and there'd be like this, <gasps> like sharp intake of breath and whatever some memory or experience was triggered by the piece that they were looking at. And it meant a lot to them. And that, you know, that right there is when you know that um, a piece of art has connected with someone on a very important level. And I think that that's true of any art form. Um, and, you know, so as long as some, I mean, I showed work in my art gallery that I hated, but it was well executed. And um, I was always able to sell pieces because I knew how to market things. But, you know, I mean, 
I always told my artists, you may have somebody uh, come in who is showing off to their friends, like, oh, I know so much about art and blah, blah, blah. Maybe they're going to tear up your favorite piece. If that happens, I'm going to try to move you away from them. Um, but realistically, like, people who go into any art form with an open heart and an open mind, they're, because they are looking, they're, they have a positive outlook, that is what they're going to take away. But when somebody is, like, all balled up and, like, angry and has an axe to grind, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how good the work is. It doesn't matter, like, how, how agreeable it is or even disagreeable it is. They are going to find a reason to hate it and vocalize that because that's all they can do. And, and I, I'm, those are the people that I actually just, I wish I knew where they lived, not because I want to go break their kneecaps, but because I just want to gather them up in my arms and tell them it's okay. And, and, and what can we do to make, like, why is your heart broken? Like, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. Because um, to me, that's just so sad that you, what you have in your life is to sit there and just hate everything. You know, just write nasty reviews under how many different pen names. And, you know, I mean, that's a, it takes a lot of time and energy to really hate something yeah. or someone. It really like, I, it, I mean, really, it, it really does. It takes a heavy level of commitment. <laughs> and, and if your heart and mind is that um, poisoned by something, like, I just want to go knock on their door and, like, give them a lap dance or something. <laughs> And like, you know, like, what can we do to like make your life better? Because I, that that just makes me sad. I I don't see hatred and anger. I see broken, jagged edges in somebody's heart and mind. And it can be hurtful when it's directed at you. But I try to remind myself that um, it, it's not ever been directed at me. It's usually directed at people I care about. But I, you know, I I try to just say. You know, those are the people in the world who, they really just need a hug. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they do. It's just, they don't have anything positive to say because there's nothing positive in their own life. Mm -hmm. And that's just so sad to me. Yeah, it, it is. It is a part. But it's one of those things, I guess, is a part of life. I feel some people do it for attention especially with like negative comments and negative reviews only for the just like just like children well negative attention seeking you know i mean they figure out like if mom and dad or mom doesn't pay attention unless they're like breaking stuff exactly. you know that that's what they're gonna do to get attention you know you have to positive reinforcement and you know i guess i've had a one or two maybe um naysayers about me and i i've just directly approached them and that was over, like, with the modeling side and said, you know, hey, um, would you like to meet me in person um, and maybe talk to me, uh, get to know me a little bit? You don't have to like what I do. Um, I'm not going to be beautiful to every person in the world. I, I mean, I get that. Like, mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, models almost always have unusual features because um, we look different than, the, than like, your everyday person and... And those features, 
that are kind of standout features can be beautiful or they can maybe not be to some people like uh, you know but like the people that I have approached and said you know it's totally okay that you don't like what I do but I feel like the way that you wrote what I about me um indicated somebody that really had a lot going on in their life and I, I just wanted to ask if you were okay and the three people that I've done that with have actually like broke down in tears and, and you know, each of them had, one of them had gone through a job loss. Another one was going through a divorce. And I think the third person had just never been able to get a date. So like, and like really just was mad at females in general and, and to have a female reach out to him and be like, are you okay? Like you, you can write, bad things about me all day long but you know I just the way that was written it struck me as a, a wounded person mm -hmm. and um it they don't write bad things about anybody anymore you know that but that's all it took was for them to stop doing it was somebody to reach out and say hey write what you want but are you okay that's good no that's good though I mean some people do need that some people are just trolls, as we all know. They just do it just to get attention. And I, I, for me personally, as far as like, well, I don't get a lot of comments on my videos as far as my YouTube stuff yet or my podcasting stuff, but I haven't gotten anything negative. And if I did, honestly, I would just ignore it because I know that they're just, they just want you to respond. And I'm like, I've right. Well, and the other, the other, you know, there is always a, a, my grandmother used to tell me that, um, you know, if you're not getting nipped from behind, at least once in a while, you're not out front. Mm -hmm. And the alternative <laughs> is to, you know, the alternative is the view never changes. <laughs> so, you know, if you're standing out and uh, that makes you a target to, you know, occasionally get nipped, um, that's kind of a little bit of almost a badge of honor. Like you, yeah. you've yeah. gotten enough attention where you have trolls, <laughs> you know, um, you know, because you know they you're right about you know them wanting attention if you if you don't if you're not big enough for them to you know get attention by saying something negative well then they're probably not going to notice you i you know i like i've definitely had i've had one or two like pretty like i somebody put me on the dirty ones um which was quite shocking because i'd never had anything anything like that never had anyone say anything bad about me and, um, you know, the photographer who took the picture, they didn't even bother to um, clip out his watermark. And um, they'd accused me of uh, sleeping with my photographers. And um, the photographer was like, my wife and kids were at that photo shoot. <laughs> you know, and she's never been anything but professional. She's a friend of the family. Like, you know that's a copyright infringement take it down um and th they wouldn't because it's the dirty but then anonymous crashed it and then it was back up and now it's down again but it, it really it did upset me because you know they it was completely fabricated but you know at the same time i was like well i guess i've gotten somebody's attention <laughs> you know because <laughs> if you google me <laughs> what's that no, I was saying one one way or another with stuff like that, you do get people's attention, and I just like I'm at like I said, I'm at the age of my, at the part in my life, and I guess you could say the age where I'm just like I really don't, 
I don't care. Right. I don't you just care. don't care. I mean, like, if you Google me, there's there's been a lot of articles about me because um, I'm, I'm kind of known as sort of a sex symbol. Um, but I have a pretty significant disability, and I'm, I'm very ill. I'm considered terminally ill. Um, but, you know, so I absolutely um, break every stereotype. I, you know, I'll have kind of, I have people on my Facebook page that are, you know, kind of stars and bars, woo, type people, and they'll, they'll, they'll use the word cripple. And I'm like, well, you know, um, since I'm your screensaver, you should know I'm a cripple. You know, and it's something that shocks them to pieces. But, yeah, no, I'm absolutely disabled, and I'm absolutely, you know, not what um, people see as somebody who's very sick and that there is no cure for what's uh, my genetic disorder. And it... But it, that is part of the reason at my age that I do still model and work in film and, and um, put it out there. I've got a runway show that I'm doing, and I don't do runway uh, because it, it costs me too much as far as pain goes. Um, and then nobody's ever said I could use my cane. And uh, runway's hard. Like, my worst fear is falling off the edge into the photography pit because you're kind of blinded by flash bulbs. And um, I had done what I thought was my last runway show a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, runway models make very little money. And print models tend to make quite a bit more. And and you're not in pain for four days and bedridden afterwards. So, you know, for me, that's obviously the choice. But I said, okay, you want me to wear a chainmail bikini. Will you let me use my cane? And, um, you know, there was some discussion, and the answer was yes. I am doing my last runway show with a cane because as much as I hate doing runway and as much as it costs me in pain, I'm going to do it and be someone that does walk that catwalk using a cane um, to try to, you know, open that door for people like me. Who, uh, whose bodies are coming apart and, and show them that, you know, just because you're different and maybe you need a little assistance keeping your balance, especially in five-inch stilettos, <laughs> um, that it's okay. And that, you know, um, you can still be sexy. You can still be beautiful. You, you can still be, you know, an international sex symbol. Um, I, and that, people ask me that all the time. What's it, what's it like to be, you know, somebody's fantasy, but also be um, handicapped? And I say, well, I don't really think of myself as either of those things. I, I just think of myself as me. Um, but I'm glad that because I'm different, you know, um, maybe there are more people. I, I get letters from other sick women or disabled women all the time who say, you know, because I saw you in this or I saw you in an ad or your Facebook page, um, I, I went and had my hair done or I um, put makeup on for the first time or, you know, I showed my husband um, that we have the same disease and, you know, 
you're an underwear model and and it, it makes me feel good because these women see that just because they're ill doesn't mean that they're not women anymore. And that's very important to me that I leave that mark on this world. That's good though. That's good. You gotta I feel we should we all we're all gonna leave some sort of mark. Hopefully everybody leaves a positive mark. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> some of us are going to leave bad marks, but you know. Oh, yeah. But I guess those you can learn from. That's true. That's true. It's one way of looking at it. But um, I guess we can kind of wrap this one up because, like I said, I gotta get ready for another show. But it was well, it was very nice talking to you, and thank you so much for the invite. I'm I'm I love it. I'm very happy to do the show. And anytime you'd like to chat again, let me know. I definitely will. And just okay. Thank you again. Stay there for like two minutes, though. Okay. And I'm just gonna hit stop really quick.